The transfer portal giveth and the transfer portal taketh. We'll focus on what it has given the Ducks today in Christian Gonzalez, cornerback from Colorado, bolstering that secondary, but there's a guy who is going to leave, or at least that's how it stands right now. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked on Ducks. Thank you for making this your first listen every day. Remember to like and subscribe if you have not already. It's part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks every single day. I'm Spencer McLaughlin, your host, and today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. So as I'm recording this on Tuesday night, Sean Dollars has gone in and out of the portal about 37 times. And just to make sure we know exactly where he stands, I think I'm going to address that in depth on tomorrow's pod, just so he has the chance to sleep on it. And I'm not being facetious when I say that. There's a possibility. He literally was in the portal, out of the portal, and back in the portal in less than an hour. So there's a possibility we wake up tomorrow and he's staying with the Ducks. So I don't want to go in on that just yet and what it means for Oregon's running back room. But, you know, the the short version is I think we'll be okay even if he leaves. But he's a talented guy. Would love to see him stay. But as of now, he's in the portal. We'll get to that tomorrow once I know for sure that it is final. Because I would hate to record an entire episode talking about what it means to have him leave only to wake up the next day and see that it has uh, not actually happened. So, let's focus on what we know has happened. Uh, Jordan Happel is going to the NFL, so the secondary gets a little bit thinner there. He was sort of a nickelback safety sort of guy who, uh, he was the guy with the club, if you didn't know. <laughs> he was the guy with the club who had the pick against the Huskies with the club on, which was pretty awesome. But, Oregon has added a transfer cornerback Christian Gonzalez from the Colorado Buffaloes, and I love adding secondary depth like this. He will be a sophomore playing his third season in 2022, so he has three years of eligibility left, and I think that that is a really big thing because most of the time when you get a transfer, oftentimes it's a grad transfer. Now it's different because the portal is so active and normal, but a lot of times you get a grad transfer and he's only there for one year, like Anthony Brown, right? But, you know, Bo Nix has two years of eligibility. Gonzalez has got a couple. Taimani, I think, just has one. He might have two. I will I will double-check on, on that and get back to you tomorrow. But Christian Gonzalez was recruited as a safety, actually, a four-star safety. He's converted to corner for Colorado. He has started the last 18 games for the Buffaloes, and he was, this past season, Honorable mention, all Pac-12. Now, the reason I like this move is because we've talked about the secondary a little bit and the fact that there are some holes on that particular area of the defense that will need to be addressed or, you know, players have to be replaced because the two starting corners from this past season, Mikhail Wright and DJ James, are gone. James is in the portal. Mikhail Wright is going to the NFL. And I think both were, you know, really solid corners. I think that the scheme that we're running at times was not always great. Hopefully Coach Lanning is going to be able to help out with that. But 
I think Wright and James are a good tandem to have had at the cornerback position, and replacing them is not going to be an easy thing. And I thought Mikael Wright was good. I was really high on him for a long time. I think he took actually a little bit of a step back this year, but he still is a really talented guy and can definitely succeed in the NFL and organize a lot of DBs succeeding in the NFL, by the way. Javon Holland is the third highest graded rookie in the league this year. Not highest graded defensive back, just third highest graded rookie, according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, Thomas Graham's been making some plays. Ugo Amadi plays for the Seahawks. Diamondor Lenore is on the 49ers, and he's gotten playing time this year. Like, There's a lot of good DBs right now in the Oregon or that have come from Oregon that are in the NFL. So the good news is I thought DJ James was a good player, but he was not Pac-12 honorable mention this past year, and Christian Gonzalez was. So in theory, this could be an upgrade at that position, and he definitely scouts as a guy who will be a starting corner. And this past year, he played in 12 games, he had 53 tackles, and he did not have any interceptions. But... He still got Pac-12 honorable mention, which just goes to show you, sometimes the best corners are the ones that you don't hear from very often. Yeah, there could be big-time playmakers, but playmakers sometimes also can have a tendency to get beat a lot. And the fact that you know DJ James had more interceptions than uh, Gonzalez did a season ago, but one was picked by the coaches for the honorable mention team and one was not, goes to show you that this is a pretty, pretty talented guy who's only going to get better, not only as his career goes on, but as he is coached by, by Dan Lanning and the rest of the staff. And the reason, the reason that Gonzalez is coming to Oregon is because of one of the many coaching hires that I've talked about. I've talked about a lot of different hires on this podcast, but Demetrius Martin is our defensive backs coach, and he held the same position over at Colorado but he's coming to Eugene, and he or he has arrived in Eugene, and he is our new DBs coach. And he was the guy who recruited Gonzalez out of high school and also converted him from safety out of high school to a corner. The other thing to note here that I would I would really like to see is his friend Mark Perry, who also entered the transfer portal when Demetrius Martin left Colorado for Oregon. And the interesting note about Mark Perry, who was a Buffalo, he was recruited by Demetrius Martin, he hit the portal once Martin left as well, and he is, wait for it, a safety. And with Verone McKinley going to the NFL, there's a really good chance that if Perry were to come, those two could be immediate starters, and you would get not only some decently talented guys in the secondary, but experienced guys, because I think Oregon's got some size, got some talent back there on on the back end of the defense, but there's not a whole lot of experience right now. And we'll take a look at the at the other guys who will be in the mix in the secondary for Oregon next year after I tell you about Built Bar, because it's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions, and if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. And other protein bars can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. These taste so good, you'll want to eat it. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. And by week three, you're asking, where's the chocolate? Built bars are covered in 100% real 
chocolate. There are tons of flavors, and most Built Bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. That is a lot. Compared to a candy bar, which is 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. There's a bunch of flavors. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, raspberry, and more. Go to Built.com, use promo code, get 15% off your order. That is LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And anyone who buys gas has to know about GetUpside, because my listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up, every single time. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now, use the promo code SCORE, and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside and promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. The cash back gets added right to your account. There's no catch. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card, or Amazon, and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE. So, Gonzalez gets added to a list of guys in the secondary that we have seen in bits and pieces this year. Dante Manning played a lot of five-star recruit. I think has a has some room to grow to reach his full potential. I, I think that he struggled at times this year tackling in space and, and really just staying glued to his wide receivers the way that you would expect a five-star corner to be able to. Doesn't mean I don't think he can get there and, and fulfill that potential, but he's a guy who you will see a lot. Remember, depth is always good to have because injuries are just inevitable. You never know what position they're going to come at. In all likelihood, they will come at almost all of them at one point or another. But Triquez Bridges is back there. Uh, Bennett Williams and Jamal Hill are sort of the nickelbacks that you'll see in the secondary. Bridges is also a really big body. And, you know, losing Mikhail Wright and DJ James, yeah, it it, it hurts because, as I've said, those are talented guys. But I think you add a guy like Christian Gonzalez, and what it does is it can solidify the secondary and sort of add an anchor. Because right now, going into 2022, there's only five guys I can say with confidence are going to be starters and are going to be able to make an impact. Justin Flo and Noah Sewell at linebacker, Jeffrey Bossett at safety, and then on the defensive line, you'll have Dorless and Popo Almave as well. And then Sam Taimani will get thrown into that into that mix uh, w- with those big guys up there. And you know, hopefully the D-line is able to hold hold the fort down without Thibodeau, but that's going to be a tall order. And whether or not they can do that is going to help out all of these cornerbacks, but especially the young ones who are still growing and learning within the realm of college football. But I, I think there's some really good-looking guys out there. Dickerson is another guy. Uh, he wore number 28 this year who we might see more of, or you know, maybe Davies, number 14. He's a guy who I, I think showed some really nice flashes in the Alamo Bowl. So there are a lot of players there. There's just not a lot of experience. And I think Christian Gonzalez has the potential to come in and bring a veteran presence to the secondary because he has played two seasons of college football, but he can have some staying power as well, assuming he doesn't go to the NFL after 2022, which you know we'll, we'll see how he does in Dan Lanning's defensive system. But I, I like this addition a lot, and I really hope they they can get Mark Perry because the free safety position is 
very important, and we saw that this year with Verone McKinley. That guy was such a baller, a playmaker, deserved to be first-team All-American, and you lose a guy like that from your defense, it's going to leave a noticeable void. And I think that if Perry can get there as well, he could help sort of anchor that, that position down. And speaking of locking a position down, the one that Oregon, I think, has the biggest question mark out on offense is quarterback. And when it comes to Oregon quarterbacks, I had this thought when I was watching Herbert play on Sunday Night Football, and you know, I did that whole, whole pod on Monday, which was really a lot of fun. And you know, Mariota was on the other side as well, and his NFL career started off really well. He actually made a Pro Bowl. If uh, if you didn't know, but it, it did not go as the Titans nor Marcus had perhaps hoped. But the Raiders do use him, and it's still fun to see him in, in those packages. Uses mobility because I mean he's st- he's still got the speed. There's there's no doubt that Mariota still has the speed. But I was just watching these two guys and thinking about how they both played at Oregon for a combined seven seasons. Well, six and a half because Herbert came in midway through. And they did so in less than a decade. And I was just thinking about how remarkable that really is because they're so immensely talented. I mean, how many other schools have had quarterbacks in uh, in less than 10 years that have been taken in the top 10? I mean, Herbert was the sixth pick to the Chargers and Mariota was the second pick to the Titans. And I think that's pretty astonishing And it made me think big picture about the Oregon quarterback play because Anthony Brown took a lot of heat this year from Duck fans. And I think a good amount of that criticism was fair. I do. And and I was someone who often noticed and pointed out said criticisms, not throwing the ball downfield consistently until the final 30 minutes of the season. So every play or every drive had to be, you know, a 10, 11, 12 play drive. They had to grind out and rely on the offensive line. Sometimes he would leave the pocket too early. He had some bad interceptions against Stanford and Utah in the Pac-12 championship game and, you know, missing open receivers. He he was inconsistent this year. He did have good stretches, but he he was definitely inconsistent. And Tyler Shuck had his limitations. We saw that as well. That's why Anthony Brown was able to ultimately take the starting job from him. And I also just realized that earlier I said Anthony Brown was uh, a one-year grad transfer, and he was technically on the team for two seasons, but he really only, you know, started for one. That just occurred to me in my head just now. It's funny how the brain works sometimes, but anyway. And, you know, Dakota Prukop was before Herbert. He was underwhelming, which is why Herbert was, you know, ultimately made the starter that season under, under Mark Helfrich, which would end up being his last. So, as of late, the quarterback position for Oregon has been a little up and down. I think that's a very fair thing to say. It hasn't been as consistent as Duck fans would like. But that's because, I think, Duck fans on the whole, we've been kind of spoiled at the quarterback position. And that's a credit to the program and the coaches that have come through and their ability to develop them. And yes, I know, Herbert... Definitely had a a little bit of underdevelopment while he was at Oregon and did not reach his full potential. But on the whole, the the quarterback play we've had in the last, you know, 12, 15 years has been pretty exceptional. And I'll tell you exactly why after 
I tell you that this is it. It's the putt to win the tournament. And if you sink it, the championship is yours. Put on your backswing. Your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses, netsuite.com slash locked. All right, so the quarterbacks in the last 15 years for the Ducks have really been an embarrassment of riches. I mean, even going back to Kellen Clemens, who was a solid college quarterback, who followed him? Dennis Dixon. And unfortunately, Dennis Dixon, (sighs) painful time for Duck fans. If he doesn't get hurt, he probably wins the Heisman. Oregon might go to the national championship game. That that guy was so awesome toward the, uh, the latter end of Mike Bellotti's career. He was... A joy to watch. He he played the game like really nobody else. I mean, all of these quarterbacks that we've seen have been unique, but Dixon, I think, had the most the most flair to to his game. But you know, he didn't do it in a in a cocky way. I loved watching Dennis Dixon. Watching old highlights is is really fun. Never forget the fake Statue of Liberty in the big house at Michigan. That is one of my favorite plays. They ran the Statue of Liberty, and then they were up earlier, and then they ran the fake Statue of Liberty. All-time stuff. But just look at the quarterbacks that Oregon has had in the last 15 years. Anthony Brown, Tyler Shuck, Justin Herbert, really good. Prukop, inconsistent. So was Shuck and A.B. Vernon Adams, if he doesn't hurt his finger, that Oregon team gets back to the college football playoff. I will stand on that hill until the day that I die. That team was so good. They had most of the talent from the team that got to the national championship game a year before, and Vernon Adams was really, really good. But Mariota was before Vernon Adams. Then before that, you had Darren Thomas. Before that was Masoli. Before that, for you know half an hour or so, was Justin Roper. Before that was Dixon and Kellen Clemens. And I think the reason that Oregon fans have become you know, highly critical of these guys. And again, I think a lot of it is justifiable and totally fair. But I think the reason that we as Duck fans as a whole are getting frustrated with it is because we're used to having a high level of quarterback play. I mean, all those guys I just listed, Darren Thomas was an exceptionally good college quarterback. And I think Duck fans think of him and think, oh yeah, no, he was a good quarterback. Darren Thomas was a very good college quarterback. Didn't project in the pros, I don't think he ever really got close on an NFL team, but Darren Thomas was a great college quarterback. He executed the offense very well. He made great reads, except in the national championship game. He was just, you know, wasn't his best day, but playing a tough defense. It was was a tough day all around, and Dyer was still down. But Darren Thomas, all he did in two years as a starter was have an undefeated regular season, come inches from winning a national championship, then come back the next year, win the Pac-12 again, and go to the Rose Bowl. You go from that, handing off to the greatest player in Oregon football history. I mean, that is a Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers-like transition. You don't do that. And Masoli, before Darren Thomas, remember Masoli left the team in controversy because he got into trouble with some off-the-field stuff, 
And I, as a Duck fan at the time, I was worried. I was like, man, Masoli's kind of the perfect quarterback for this offense. He's really good. And then Darren Thomas comes along, and it's seamless. It's absolutely seamless. And going from Mariota to Vernon Adams, and Adams, I loved watching Vernon Adams, one of the best college deep ball throwers I've ever seen. He has the best deep ball of any of these guys. Not even close. Herbert or uh, or Mariota. Neither one threw as accurate a deep ball as Vernon Adams. So that transfer definitely worked out. Just unfortunate that he injured his finger against his former team, Eastern Washington, that day in Autzen. And, you know, then Prukop wasn't as good. And Herbert, we, we know what he did. And I talked about all of that on Monday. And then you had Shuck and A.B. And I think the reason that they've gotten so much heat is because of this pass. I mean, Masoli, Thomas, Mariota, Vernon Adams, that is as good as quarterbacking gets when you have four guys in a row that are playing at that high of a level. I mean, it's been the era in the last 15 years when Oregon football has risen to national prominence. You can't do that with a high, without a high level of quarterback play. You, you cannot. And to have had it the entire time is a testament to the coaching, testament to the brand, and a testament to th- these guys' talent. And now with Shuck and Herbert, or with Shuck and Anthony Brown, rather, showing severe limitations of the quarterback position, that's what most schools have to deal with. I, I mean, LSU went from Joe Burrow to uh, Max Johnson, who's not even on the team anymore. And I mean, he was just kind of a guy. You know, he wasn't anything spectacular. It, it was definitely not a Darren Thomas to Mariota handoff. You know what I mean? And, and Burrow was insanely good. But that's what it's... And LSU's a top-tier program. LSU is a really good football program. But even they haven't had elite quarterbacks all the time. And Alabama has had some middling quarterback play at times. I mean, Bryce Young is a really talented guy. And I know he won the Heisman and all, but he doesn't... He makes some good plays and good throws, but he doesn't blow you away like, oh my gosh, this is the most incredible guy ever. And he's probably one of the better quarterbacks that Nick Saban has ever had. You know, they, they haven't been that dependent on quarterback play. So I, I think we as Duck fans have to keep in perspective how difficult that position is to play for 19, 20, and 21-year-old kids. I mean, these are kids. It's a really, really tough thing. And I understand the frustrations with Anthony Brown. I had them as well. And I wanted Shuck to be the guy, but he clearly wasn't. And I wanted Prukop to be good, but he clearly wasn't. He wasn't good enough, I should say. And we all want to have the stability at that position because it's what we've been used to, right? Is we've just become accustomed as Duck fans to having really, really good quarterbacks and I mean, Dixon to, you know, Roper for a second, but then Masoli had the job to DT, to Mariota, to Vernon Adams. That's an insane run. I mean, go look at other programs and the quarterbacks that they have had. Heck, look at USC. Look at the quarterbacks USC had over that time. You know, the Matt Barkleys and Cody Kesslers of the world and going back to John David Booty, like... These guys were fine. They were okay, but were they, I I would argue they were not as talented and did not have as much success as all these guys that I've been talking about. So the quarterback thing is hard. I hope they're going to be able to figure it out, but just know 
it's the most difficult position in all of sports, and it's just not an easy thing to do. And yeah, I want Oregon to win at a high level too. And you have to have at least good quarterback play to be able to do that. You have to be able to you know take the plays that are there. But we've just been spoiled. And I had that thought, and I thought it was worthy of sharing here on the show. Uh, quick, quick note to wrap up here. On uh, on this Wednesday pod or whenever you're listening to it, Oregon beat Oregon State in men's basketball the other day. Uh, it it wasn't pretty. It really it really was not, and the season has been a little disappointing thus far. But it's never a bad day when you beat the Beefs. It it just isn't. You know, there's no <laughs> that does nothing in any sport but put a smile on my face. Like oh, we beat the Beefs. All right, I'll take it. Even if it was not as as pretty as we would perhaps like, and season's uh, been a little down thus far, but there's some chances for Oregon basketball to turn it around if they can win win some games and hopefully get hot in the Pac-12 tournament. We'll follow that as it goes along. I appreciate everyone listening. I will see you tomorrow. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks.